Mindset Mentor is proudly sponsored by Amica Insurance. Amica Insurance is all about empathy. They know your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. Home insurance is about protecting the life you've built. Auto insurance is about protecting you on the road ahead. That's why Amica takes a consultative approach to help protect what matters most to you. They're a customer-owned insurance company that puts your needs first, and their representatives are available 24-7 for claim-related matters. As Amika says, empathy is our best policy. The Taste of the Mediterranean sales event is going on now through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. It's a store-wide flavor-packed journey of regionally inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie, and ground lamb. Find sales on Animal Welfare certified meat. Save on seafood like whole branzini and sustainable wild-cut sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked vineyards of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everybody, to the Mindset Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Dial. If you have not yet done so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode. Today, I'm sitting down with my good friend uh, and buddy, amazing author, self-published, now going into the traditional route. Uh, his name's Hal Elrod. If you guys don't know Hal, I actually met back in 2006. Uh, he was on stage and uh, was at a Cutco conference and talked about how he was a coach. And I was like, hey, I need a coach. So I hired him and his best friend, John Berghoff, in 2006 to be my coaches. And uh, throughout the process, he started a podcast, he wrote a book, and he wrote this book called The Miracle Morning, which you've probably heard of before. This is, in all honesty, probably the book that started everyone talking about having a morning routine uh, about 10 or 11 years ago. And uh, it's kind of crazy how I'll, I'll tell you a story about this. I remember when it first came out, okay. I remember your first book and I read your first book. And then I remember when this book came out and it seemed like it was like gaining some traction and you were pushing it and you were pushing, you were pushing it. And then I was like, two or three years later, I was like, man, he's still pushing this book. Like, <laughs> is it, is it, is it selling? Like what's going on with it? But I think what happened is you probably saw what you saw, you were on stage, you saw people coming up to you, you saw the ground, like the, the, the grassroots of how it was moving. Yeah. And so throughout you, you've wrote this book now 10 years ago, and you've basically, as you told me, almost rewrote the entire book with the same shell. So it was originally 150 pages. It's now around 220 pages. And the cool thing about it is when you wrote the book 10 years ago, it was when you were kind of new at Miracle Morning. Yeah. And now it's like you have 10 years of actually more than 10 years of you doing it personally. 15 years of me doing it 15 and 11 years, of, years of other people doing it. And it's, and it's not bullshit, which is the, what I love about it. It's not like you're one of the people who like says do this and you don't do it. I've been to a Dave Matthews concert <laughs> with you and your wife. And halfway through Dave Matthews, Ursula, your uh, wife, goes, we got to leave. Miracle morning. <laughs> so it's actually something that you really, truly do. And, and, yeah. and it's not like you just preach it and don't follow through on it. So what made you decide to, to rewrite the book, add more to it, and you know, now have these stories of seeing it change people's lives? Why is now the time to do this after selling you know, 2 million copies on your own? Yeah. Yeah. It's so I've, when, when I was writing the miracle morning and to your point, like I started doing the miracle morning in 2008, I started mm -hmm. sharing it with my coaching clients and like the light bulb went off after a few months. I'm like, this is changing people's lives. And most of them were complaining that like, I'm not a morning person, Hal. I'm like, right. I know, I know. Neither was I try it. Yeah. And then what ended up happening is the feedback is like, oh my gosh, it's changing my life. And mm -hmm. I went, if it's changing their life and they weren't quote unquote morning people mm -hmm. and, it, and it's changed my life and I wasn't a morning person, this could change the world, right? This mm -hmm. should change anybody's life. And I felt a sense of responsibility. Like I have to share this. Right. And so I have to write a book and I'm a slow writer. It took me three years to write the miracle morning. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew I was well, self-published it right. 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I went during that process, the big book, the, the, the most famous book at that time was four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. And two years after he wrote that book, which I loved, right? I read it. I reread it. I talked about it. I shared it. He wrote the four-hour work week, updated and expanded edition. Mm -hmm. And so even though I was literally writing the original edition, I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Maybe one day in the future, I'll write an updated edition of this book I'm currently writing. Yeah. And there's two things. Number one is, I always say the Miracle Morning elevates your consciousness as a human being. Mm -hmm. Like it helps you be more aware and intentional about how your thoughts, your words, and your actions are impacting your life and the lives of every person that you, you touch. Mm -hmm. You know, friends, family, colleagues, whatever, right? Whoever you're 
influencing through your interactions, mm -hmm. you're becoming a better version of yourself from the Miracle Morning practice. And so in the last 15 years of doing the Miracle Morning and 11 years since the book published, I would hope that my consciousness is elevated. I'm mm -hmm. much more aware and intentional. Yeah. Um, and I've been interacting with, you know, millions of, I mean, not literally millions, but there's millions of Miracle Morning practitioners. And I've mm -hmm. interacted with, you know, tens of thousands of them over the last decade. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so much, not only in the way my own practice has evolved, mm -hmm. but from members of the community, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. That's great. And I've gone, you know, to meditation retreats and really deepened. Like when I wrote the book, it was very much like, hey, if you're new to meditation and affirmations, I'm mm -hmm. kind of new, but I'm a, like a level above, if you will. Yeah. Here's how you do them. And now it's like, oh, you yeah. know, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. You've been doing it for 15 years. For 15 years. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so this book, I literally went through and I rewrote every page from a higher level of consciousness, if mm -hmm. you will, right? Um, and I added over 70 pages of brand new content, including two of the biggest requests have always been, or the one of the biggest requests is always, when you can do the miracle evening, mm. like what's your miracle evening? Mm -hmm. And I used to be embarrassed, like I didn't have much of an evening ritual. Yeah. And then I kind of realized studying that, that wait, how you end the day might be almost as important as how you begin the day. For sure. And so the miracle evening is a, you know, a 20 plus page chapter now. And then the book I've had on my heart the last two years that I've been working on as I've been rewriting this is called The Miracle Life. Um, and that book, uh, I didn't want to wait to give that content to the world. So there's a 20 plus page chapter called The Miracle Life. And that's really about a paradigm for personal fulfillment, a path to inner freedom. Like, look, we've all been blessed with one life. I think at the end of our lives, we're going to look back and go, man, I wasted so much energy being stressed, afraid, depressed, yeah. worrying about stuff that just life happened. Mm -hmm. Why didn't I enjoy every moment of that one life I was blessed to live? And yeah. that's what the miracle life is. So That's awesome. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> it's really interesting because it's like, it's, it's such like if somebody hasn't read the Miracle Morning, I've, I, it's funny because I, I feel like it's this it's huge and like everybody's read it. And then you look and it's like two million is a lot, but there's so many people that haven't read Eight it. Eight billion that we still have <laughs> yeah, to like reach. There's, there's a lot of people that haven't. And so the the thing about it is it's it's crazy because it's such an anomaly to sell you know a hundred thousand copies self published. To do a million copies self-published is even crazier, but to do two million shows you like there's something about this book that's connected with people yeah. that's changed people's lives. And that's what's so awesome about the whole thing is that like, I don't know if you ever sat back and been like, holy shit, two million copies self-publish is like one of the rarest things that you could possibly do as far as an accomplishment. So yeah. that's a huge thing. But, and I want you to realize that is like, it's, it's amazing that I you have done that. that. Dude, Good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sure. But the, I want, what I really want to know about is like, what's the difference in like, okay, so you went through and there was Hal who wrote it and you were how old when you first wrote it? Yeah. 27, 28 when I started. Okay. Yeah. And so you're how old 44. now? 44. 44. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Anybody out there is like, if you wrote a book at 26, 27, 28, you have that knowledge that's there, but an extra 15 years, 16 years yeah. of knowledge and wisdom that you've gotten from it. What do you feel are some of the biggest changes that you, or adjustments that you made to the book that's different where you read it and you're like, man, this is good, but I'm so young and I'm so, there's, there's like parts of it where you're probably yeah. like, oh man, I oh, they're cringeworthy, <laughs> right? Like it's kind of like when you hear your, 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 your voice, like right. on video from a few right. years ago, you're like, oh my God, oh, turn I, that off. I can't, yeah. I sound so I nasally. Yeah. yeah. When I reread my book, I'm like, 
what, what is what? this? I was a, well, how immature, this is so cheesy. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I've wondered, that's another selfish reason I've wanted yeah. to rewrite it for a long time is when I read it, I'm like, uh, I'm like rolling my eyes. I'm like, how do people take this seriously? Right? Yeah. How is this sold two million copies? Like, you literally. Why are people buying yeah, this? I mean, literally, I'm like embarrassed. And I'm like, I want to rewrite this right now. Yeah. And luckily, well, here's what's interesting. As a self-published author, one of the benefits is I've uploaded a new version of the book. Yeah. Like, not a completely updated book. But I've gone through and I have like, because I read... You know, there's 32,000 reviews on Amazon now. Yeah, I haven't read all of them, but I have read many thousands. And I always wanted to look like I'd read not just the five star to be like, oh, people like it. Right, right. But I'd read the one, the two, the three star, almost more so, mm-hmm. and go, what are the common themes where I, 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 I didn't quite hit the mark or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I was tone deaf in these areas? And so over the last 11 years, I've updated, I think, three times where early on, like after a year or two, I was like, okay multiple people are saying this same thing um and so i would go in and i would change those parts mm-hmm. and then i'd upload a new pdf to amazon and there'd be a new book right nice. so i was able to slightly do that over the years but um the uh now it was literally going through every i, I took about took about eight months for me to um rewrite like eight months of writing every day as if it were a new book mm-hmm. to rewrite it and then my editor who is also the CEO and founder of Binbella, the my publisher. I mean, mm-hmm. he he was like, I want this book to be the best it can be. So Hal, I don't usually do this. He's like, I'm actually going to be your editor. I was that's like, awesome. That's amazing. And he was amazing. And um, and and so what was great is he would actually go a lot of some of the stuff I rewrote. He was like, he actually would say back. He's like, okay, so this part way better. You you you, you went too far off on the rewrite. Right. Right. Like I, I'm, I think <clears throat> you should change this back to how it was. So right. there's some parts for sure that like. Like the way the I told the stories, like you told it better in, initially. Um, yeah, but there's, yeah, some, but every, there's obviously some magic that's there that you don't want to take the magic out of it. And that was actually the, a fear too, right? It's like, yeah. okay, this book, I, I, it, it works. Yeah. Right. If it's not fixed, don't broke. Don't fuck. That's actually what, don't fuck it up. <laughs> literally, I labeled. Uh, this, is, Rob, this is funny. So, a little bonus tip for people: um, when I when I the the Word document, the Microsoft Word document, the manuscript that I was rewriting, mm-hmm. I labeled it. If it's not broken, don't TMM for yeah. the miracle morning. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Like literally, just to remind me, don't change too much. But I'll give you an example. So when I started, when I wrote that, meditation was new to me. When I yeah. wrote the first version. Yeah. I've developed this meditation that I call emotional optimization meditation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I made it up or it's in my subconscious from someone else. I think I mm-hmm. made it up, but, but it's rather than just clearing your mind, it's actually identifying what's the optimal mental and emotional state that I need to be in today that would serve today. Mm. And maybe if it's on the weekends with your kids, it's I need to be playful, yeah. right? Or maybe if you had a fight with your spouse, it's I need to be at a pace of like love and forgiveness or on an average day, what you would teach is like, I need to be focused today, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I identify what's the number one mental and emotional state that I need to embody today. And then I use different techniques to get into that state. Then I set my meditation timer and I, I like the word marinate. Like I meditate or marinate mm. in that state. So I'm programming my central nervous system, my subconscious to embody it. Mm-hmm. And then now I can show up at my best for the people I love, the people that I lead in that state, whether it's for my kids or my wife or my clients or whatever, right? So, so that's an example. Like there's a detailed, in-depth part of that. Another you're like, you're quick, like a chicken in a plastic bag. You're just marinating, <laughs> marinating during that meditation, huh? That's what you're doing. That's it. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I love that idea. So you were, you were continuing. I didn't want to interrupt you, but that's the way I think about it, where it's actually like, I hear so many times that people are like, I struggle with meditation. I struggle with meditation. I struggle with meditation. But if you think about it, instead of like, I'm going to turn my brain off, it's like, I'm going to use my brain yeah. to think about how I emotionally want to feel yeah. throughout the day. And just like dropping a, a chicken inside of some lemon pepper inside of a bag, I'm just going to marinate in that for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. so okay. So you're continuing about about how you use it. Yeah. And by the way, feel free. I'm long-winded, so you interrupt hey, any time that you want. No worries. Um, so, yeah, the other one is affirmations. Mm-hmm. Affirmations is my favorite. And in fact, let me back up for anybody new to the Miracle Morning. So the Miracle Morning is made up of six practices, yep. right? You know this, but mm-hmm. in case anyone doesn't. So it's silence. Mm-hmm. So the, by the way, the six practices are the savers, the mm-hmm. acronym S-A-V-E-R-S. Silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Mm-hmm. And if you actually, if you look at those, those are the six most timeless, proven personal development practices in the history of mankind. Like, that, yeah. you know, that the world's most successful people from Olympian, Olympic athletes to, you know, multimillionaire entrepreneurs to you name it that they have sworn by for centuries, mm-hmm. right? I didn't invent any of them, but 
according to Robert Kiyosaki, he said, Hal, before the Savers, no successful person I'm aware of did all six of these. They might have done one or two, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. He said, but the way you packaged them and made it so easy to go through and do all six of the most timeless practices. Um, but affirmations is my favorite of the practices. Like whenever somebody's like, do you have a favorite of the savers? I always joke, it's like politically correct to be like, no, they're all equally important. You need oh, all of like them. just like my children. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love like them all children. equally. I love them all equally. <laughs> but I'm like, honestly, it's affirmations because yeah. the way affirmations have been taught for maybe decades corny. by self-help, they're corny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of two problems. Either we're taught to tell ourselves something we wish were true that's not true to us, mm -hmm. right? Like, I am a millionaire, yeah. right? If you're struggling financially, you're like, I am financially yeah. free. And your bullshit meter's going off the whole yeah. time. Yeah, your subconscious is like, dude, you're lying. What do you do? You're right. lying, right? And right. now you're creating an unnecessary internal conflict as if we don't have enough of them. Mm -hmm. The second problem is we're taught to use this flowery, passive language yeah. that makes us better, feel better in the moment because it's like this imaginary, everything's going to get better. Great example. I am a money magnet. Right. I hate that. Money flows to me effortlessly and in abundance, I right? Hate, yeah. And so I teach affirmations in this very specific, tangible, measurable way. Yeah. So in that book, like it's it's like a masterclass affirmations workshop because nice. the original book, I thought I taught it well enough, but it wasn't deep enough where people are like, I don't get it. Like, how do I get affirmations are hard for me? And I'm like, so... Again, an example of like, I was able to, it's like, there's like 17 pages, I think, just on affirmations. Oh my God. Don't quote me. I'm making that up. But it's like, yeah. it's, it's this really long, yeah. you know, and then I give examples and then, yeah, so. That's awesome. So then, so it's S-A-V-E-R-S. So uh, in the, the last S is scribe, which stands for journaling. Scribing, journaling. Yeah. yeah. And so, so it makes sense. So it wasn't Saver J or Saver J. Saver J. It was originally, <laughs> literally when I was writing the book, it was Saver plus J. <laughs> and that bothered me. And, and I was telling my wife one day, I remember the moment I met her in the hallway. She goes, you look frustrated. What's up? I'm like, I've got this acronym, but it's like not really a complete acronym. And it, right. it's kind of, and she goes, why don't you get a thesaurus and see if there's another word for journaling? It's perfect. And it was scribing. And I'm like, that's works. amazing. Yeah, so. yeah. So the thing that I like about it, though, is, is, and that's kind of what you said, is that there's six practices that you use. And these are six practices that if anybody implemented any of them into Anyone. their life, yeah. it would start to work with them. So it's like silence, sitting there in silence and meditating, doing affirmations, doing visualization, doing exercises, doing reading, doing journaling. All of those things are going to help you in some sort of way. But what you've kind of done is said, hey, if you have, if you wake up an hour early and there's six of them, take 10 minutes each and just do each one of them. Or 30 so, minutes early, do five minutes each. Right. Or six minutes early, and do there's one a minute six each. minute miracle morning. Literally, like that's yeah. a whole chapter in the book on, yeah, you can yeah, get Yeah, so you could do it at any point in time. Yeah. What's the importance, I'm curious, of doing all of them at, at one time in the morning versus just saying, well, I'm going to pick two or three of them? Yeah. I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer that question mm -hmm. and another question that is kind of could be wrapped into it, which is a lot of people say okay, the savers, I'm sold. Like doing the six most timeless personal, sure. But why in the morning? Can I do, yeah. I'm not a morning person. Oh, yeah, Can I do yeah. them in the afternoon or the evening, right? And, um, and here's the answer is they'll benefit you in the afternoon or sure. in the evening. But when you do them first thing in the morning, there's immediate benefits, right? When you meditate, it lowers your cortisol levels. There's mm -hmm. over 1,400 scientific studies that prove the benefits of meditation. In fact, that was like 10 years ago. There's probably yeah. 10 times that many studies, right? Um, so if you wait to meditate, until the evening, mm -hmm. you, you missed out on lowering your cortisol levels and gaining mental clarity, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you do affirmations, they focus your mindset on what you're committed to, what you're capable of, what you're going to do to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. it, that directs your focus for the day. Yeah. If you wait till the evening, you've missed out. And, and you know, if you exercise in the morning, right, more energy. So all of the savers benefit you immediately. And then there's a lasting benefit after. So when you start your day with a miracle morning, you put yourself in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state mm -hmm. to win the day. Yeah. And so that's why first thing in the morning. So that's the big picture answer. Yeah. And then in terms of doing some in the morning, some later, I think that's fine. Like the beauty of the miracle morning, there's a whole chapter toward the end of the book on customizing the miracle morning to achieve your goals. And if you, you know, if you just wake up and do one of the savers, that's still a miracle morning, right? Yeah. You're missing out on the benefits of the others. But, um, but yeah, so I don't think there's a problem with doing some in the morning. What I always, what I always share in the book at the, it ends with a 30 day challenge or now it's a 30 day journey mm -hmm. because I say in the new book, I'm like, we have enough challenges. Let's, let's go on a journey together. Right. Sure. Um, but I say, just do all six Yeah. and for the 30 day challenge or 30 day journey. 
And then you'll know, you won't know what you don't know if you don't do all six in the morning. And then you might be like, I actually want to do this, the exercise first. Like for me now, I start every morning with 60 seconds of jumping jacks mm-hmm. just because it gets the blood flowing to my brain. Now I'm thinking clear. I'm, my, my, my brain's turned on. Um, and then I do a full workout at the end of the miracle morning. I go out to the gym, my gym and, you know, and I work mm-hmm. out. Um, but, but yeah, so it's like doing all of them in the morning. Then you'll know. Which ones benefit you the most? Which ones you might go, you know what? I'm actually going to move this one to yeah. after lunch or I'm going to double it up and I'll do, a lot of people say they'll do savers in the morning and they'll do like a mini savers later in the day or in the evening. So Yeah. What's some of, you know, when you first wrote the book, obviously it was like you had a little bit of experience with some of your coaching clients and that was like a small sample size. But now you have this massive sample size. You have 38,000 reviews or whatever it is that came in, 2 million copies sold. I'm sure you get emails all the time. There's people that download your app. There's all of this. What are some of the stories that were just like, holy shit, I can't believe this actually happened from someone just waking up and implementing savers into their day. Yeah. Um, and there's so many, uh, right. And, and I just went through, I went through, you know, to put them all the new yeah. ones in the book. Um, but they're really profound. And, and this is, let me say this. When you said, man, it's been like three years. How still talking about Miracle Morning? Yeah. This is why. Yeah. Because I was still reading every new Amazon review that came in. It's like, oh my gosh, I was depressed for the last six months. I read this book. I'm on my third, I'm on day 14, my 30 challenge. I'm not depressed anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I, this has changed my life. And I'm like, how could I not keep talking about this and sharing it with as many people as I can? So I really think this is my life's work. Yeah. Like I've written other books and such. So, um, Here's some of the stories. So Mike Eaton, and, and for those that don't know, there is a Miracle Morning movie, right? There's a mm-hmm. documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we featured some of the stories in that movie. One of them was Mike Eaton. Mike Eaton had been obese his entire life, uh, made fun of in high school. Um, and, uh, and then and he had, read, he had tried diets. You know, nothing worked. Friends like, hey, read the Miracle Morning. Not to lose weight, but just read the Miracle Morning. Mm-hmm. The Miracle Morning, when he applied all the savers, he created affirmations. Like, I want to weigh this much. I'm committed to do these things so that I can lose the weight. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, right, he visualized himself, he, all of the things within, oh, it's been a long time since I, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but it's something along the lines of within his first two months of doing the Miracle Morning, he lost something like 50 pounds. Wow. And now he's down like 80 pounds from like 330, I think, to 250, right? Mm-hmm. And he credits it's because of the Miracle Morning. Mm-hmm. So that's something where I wouldn't imagine losing weight. Um, another, uh, another guy who's in the movie, Keith Minnick, and he's in the book, Keith, uh, his son died at three hours old. Right. So they had a child born and the child died three hours later. Wow. And him and his wife both went into a deep depression. He was the I believe he was the director of business development at Turner Home Broadcasting at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, he, you know, basically he was disenfranchised with his work because he's like, what's the point? Why are we even doing this? Why should I live? What? It doesn't matter. Um, and I think it was like a year of that. And he had read books on grief. Right. Someone said, hey, try this thing. The Miracle Morning. It's changing my life. And in Keith's own words in the book, he talks about his very first miracle morning. He was like, oh, I'm in control of the way that I feel. Mm. I don't have to be depressed anymore mm-hmm. over my son's death. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm not depressed anymore. Like yeah. it, he goes, it, it didn't take months of the miracle morning. It was the first miracle morning where he completely shifted his paradigm around the way he was experiencing the death of his son. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and, and then, you know, he talked about 10 years later, he still does the Miracle Morning every single day. And he talked about how it's evolved and he's evolved and, you know, and it was like the best example of like how the Miracle Morning can change your life in one day and mm. continue to be changing your life a decade later, yeah. right? And there's tons of stories of people that like, they finally overcame their procrastination and wrote that book that was on their mind. The Miracle Morning helped them start that business. It helped them, you know, run a marathon. I mean, it's just, yeah. you name it. Here, here, let me say this. The way to put it is this. Whatever, you're, whatever you want to accomplish in your life, when you apply the savers, the Miracle Morning every morning, you become the person that you need to be to accomplish that thing, whether it's losing weight, making money, transforming your marriage. You know, it's really universal. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to like, if we just make it real basic, it's just being intentional with your life. And so many people are just so unintentional and they totally. just wake up. And I did this for years, like for years and years and years. I woke up and when I still worked for someone else and I had to drive into an office, I'd wake up, you know, 15 minutes before I had to leave. I'd jump in the shower real quick. On the way there, I'd stop at Taco Cabana and I'd get some breakfast tacos yep. and coffee. And then I'd roll into there and I'd been up for like 30 minutes. And it was just like, 
but it was just, it was just as my ex first girlfriend I ever had, her dad used to always say to me, she used to always say it's same shit, different toilet is all that it was. Right. It's just like every day felt exactly the same. And just like I could, uh, I could take yesterday and I could place it on tomorrow and all of it felt exactly the same. And I think the, the key to it is that you decide that you're going to first off, wake up earlier, which is not always easy, mm. you know, or go to bed earlier so that you could do it. And it's easier to stay inside of your bed, but it's, it's literally like from the moment your alarm clock goes off, you go, I'm going to choose me today. Yeah. And so many people have not done that. I was interviewed yesterday on a guy's podcast who said it took him 50 years to wake up, you know, but he was in depression and, and all of this stuff. And it's like, at some point he just went, you know what, I'm going to choose me. Yeah. And that's kind of what, what's important about it is it's like, all right, it's going to be important for me to wake up in the morning and for me to choose me and, and actually start to put some action to it. And instead of being reactive to the world, I'm going to be proactive. and I'm actually start to put some intention into my life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's how you start your day. This was Steve Pavlina, uh, uh, who wrote the book Personal Development for Smart People. He said, how you start your day sets the tone, the context, and the direction of the day you're able to create. For sure. You know, and that's it. Yeah. So then um, with with this, I'm curious with uh, with your children, because what we were talking about and what I do want to talk about is how this is going into school. So mm. do your children do this with you? How old are your kids, first off, to people who don't know your children? Yeah, my, how old are they, and do they do the Miracle Morning with you? Have they resisted it? What does that look like? Yeah, they they. my daughter is 14. Mm-hmm going on 20, 25. Um, and, uh, my son is about to turn 11, right? So 14 and 11. And, uh, they do not do the miracle morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, we used to do the miracle morning when they were younger. Uh, and my daughter, as she became a teenager was like, I don't do this anymore, dad. (laughs) And, uh, and so, uh, it it is interesting being a parent and seeing the phases, right? Where I've talked to other parents where there are times where your child, you're like, whoa, who are you? Yeah. Like, this isn't the person I've been raising. And you, and they, you start to feel like they're slipping away and then they right. come back, you know, like it, right. it's really phases. And yeah. I remember seeing that when my daughter was like, I don't know, five, seven years old, I think. And she like, was this like, all of a sudden went from being a sweet girl to like, just attitude and this and that. <laughs> I'm like, Sophie, and like, and, and nothing got through to her. And then it, it, it lasted for like a few weeks or a month. Yeah. And then she was being nice again. And I was like, you're so sweet. I was like, you, you know, there was a period there for a few weeks where you were really, she's like, dad, that Sophia is gone and she is never coming back. <laughs> and uh, she has for sure come back. But, but you learn like <laughs> she, she's returned. <laughs> she, she returns and then she goes. Yeah, um, it's interesting. But uh, but so, yeah, so they, we've done the Miracle Morning through phases. Yeah. Um, I've tried to get my daughter to write the Miracle Morning for teens, the Miracle mm. Morning for kids. And mm-hmm. it's like she will, then she won't. So. It is funny. So when I, people are like, you know, how, how do you work with kids? I'm like, when you figure that out, I'm like, let me know. Cause I've actually struggled. And we did, now I will say, um, there are many parents that and it's, it's almost embarrassing for you to be like, I'm not the parent that figured well, it out. Well, no, the good thing about it though, before you say it is, is like, cause first off, the good thing that I like about it is that you're not forcing it onto your children, sure. which means they're most likely going to come back around to it and enjoy it because you're not forcing it onto them. Yeah. Right. Which is the best part. So you could finish what you're saying, but yeah. there's no reason to be like, Oh my God, I'm the miracle yeah. morning that my children should be like masters at this miracle morning. It's thing, also you know? the closer you are. It's like dad's telling us to do this. Right. right. So. Yeah. My wife doesn't listen to anything that yeah, I say. Exactly. And right? I have yeah. people that tune in and listen to this. And it's so the same my wife people go how do you get your wife to do the miracle morning or your spouse i'm like let me know when you figure that out we've done probably eight miracle mornings together in our entire life oh my god that's there's been times where she's like i'm gonna because when i was on robert kiyosaki's podcast years ago Mm -hmm. him and his wife do the miracle morning and Mm -hmm. he said we grow close it helps us grow closer so that we don't grow apart oh my god and i sent that clip to to my wife wife. (laughs) and uh i'm like hey don't you want to grow closer so we don't grow apart and uh and then she's like yes let's do miracle morning and that lasted for like you know a week or whatever and then she's like i just you know so but we're so close right she's like i don't want to do your miracle morning thing yeah um anyway but uh but but i will say this uh there is a book called the miracle morning for parents and families that i co-authored with mike and lindsey mccarthy Mm -hmm. and I caught her. We're both awesome people. I know both of them. Awesome people. They came up to me at an event and she's like, hey, my son Tyler, and I think he was six at the time, and this was, I don't even know, he's probably 13, 14 now. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, we do the miracle morning with our kids every day, and he wanted to share his affirmations with you. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And he comes up and he reads me his affirmations, and they were in alphabetical order, you know? It's like, that's amazing. And we start, I start talking. I'm like, how'd you get him to the miracle morning? And yeah. So they're, I mean, so they have an amazing system and they do the miracle morning with their kids every day. And they have for like seven years, you mm-hmm. know? So if you want to learn how to do it, yeah. um, you know, miracle morning for parents and families. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, the, th- the thing about it, man, is like, I see too many people 
uh, it's the, too many people try to push things onto their children. The more that you push something onto somebody, the more they're going to resist it. Yep. You know, that was the thing I realized with, with my wife when we first started dating is I was like so into personal development. And then I had this podcast and I was like, I'd buy your books and yeah, I'd be like, let's go to too. a conference. And she's like, no, I don't really want to. And then eventually after a few years, I was like, okay, she's just not into it. No big deal. I guess this is my thing. Nope. That's yep. fine. Like yep. some people like basketball. Some people like football. It's yep. like, it's just the way that is. And so what was interesting though, is then I stopped trying to push it. And then uh, lo and behold, she came back around. She started doing her own routines. Yep. And start, now we meditate every single morning. We have our own routines and, uh, and stuff that we do. And so it's, and now she's actually a coach, which is like crazy because she was an impersonal of them at all the first few years. And she's so great. I watch her on Instagram. Yeah, she's, she's And she great. makes videos on Instagram and I'm like, man, that was really good. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think it's, it's good when you don't force it onto people um, because different strokes for different folks. But I agree. the thing is like, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I, I've really told myself cause the amount of times that I've heard people say, I'm, I've, I've been telling myself for six months, I'm going to start a morning routine and tell myself I want to do a morning routine, but I'm just not doing, I'm going to finally wake up early. That's one of my things. If it's something that resonates with you, I think it's like buy the miracle morning book, read it, take what you want from it, try it out. And as you said, do it for 30 days, go on a 30 day journey because you can do anything for 30 days, Yeah. you know? And if you just try it for 30 days, and it works for you, continue to keep doing it. If you hate it, which you won't, but if you hate it, don't do it again. Yeah. But it's like, I think what people need to do is just try it and say, okay, I could do anything for 30 days. And if it's really important for me to change my life, why don't I just try it? Well, and I'll tell you two things. One is people always ask like, what if I'm not a morning person, yeah. right? Or what do you say to someone that says I'm not a morning person? Yeah. I say, join the club. Yeah. We, we consistently, every time we send out a survey to the Miracle Morning community, which is, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are on the email list, mm-hmm. they, and I, we always ask, before Miracle Morning, before you read the book, were you a morning person? Did you consider right. yourself a morning person or not? And it consistently, it's on average 72% of Miracle Morning practitioners say, I was not a morning person and I never thought I could be one before I read the book. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote the book, that was my like number one driving, like guiding principle is how do I get someone from like, I've never been a morning person and I don't even want to be one because I don't want to wake up early yeah. to I'm doing the miracle morning for the rest of my life. Right. And so I think that is the book literally holds someone's hand, both psych, psych, the psychology of it. Like, mm-hmm. how do you shift that mindset and overcome the limiting belief? Go, well, I'm not a morning person. I've tried. It didn't work. And logistically, how do you set yourself up for success? Like, there's a whole chapter in the book on, it's called the snooze proof five-step wake-up strategy, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, how do you overcome being, you know, a lifetime snoozeaholic is what I call it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those five tips is you move your alarm clock across the room. Because if when the alarm goes off, if you can reach over and turn it off while you're still, you know, like 70% asleep, right? And just fall right back asleep, you're going to do it. Even for me, if I fall asleep at a hotel room and I have the alarm next to the, I will snooze, like five, you know, and I don't for even sure. know I'm doing it, right? For sure. And that's me. And, um, and, uh, but if the alarm clock, if you have to actually get out of get bed up. and walk into your bathroom mm-hmm. and turn it up, you're, you're awake now. You're right. up. Right. And so that's like one of the five you know, steps or whatever. But like that alone is a total game changer. For sure. Right. So, yeah, um, it's funny because uh, are you familiar with who Rick Rubin is? Yeah. So he's like one of the most people who don't know out there. He's like the the best music producer that's ever existed. Yeah. You know, and, his he, book, and he's also now one of the best-selling oh, authors. His book is amazing too. Yeah. And so he, uh, but he was known for being a night owl. Like he, he told himself for years, he's like, well, I'm just a night owl. And you know, he produced music until like three o'clock in the morning. Then he'd go to sleep and he'd wake up at noon. Yeah. And he thought for years, he was just like, I'm a night owl. That's just who I am. And then one day he's like, what if I just decided to stop being a night owl and just try to go to bed early? And he realized he wasn't actually a night owl. It was just that his circadian rhythms were just set incorrectly. And he just restarted it by deciding to be a morning person. So it's like everyone who's a, who stays up late is like, I'm just a night owl. And I think it's like, or you could stop having coffee at five o'clock PM (laughs) and maybe you'd fall asleep earlier. Yeah. And And starting your Netflix at 11 PM. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's an important aspect of it of like, Try it out and yeah. see if you are still a, a night owl after 30 days. Yeah. Well, Pat Flynn, um, uh, who hosts Smart Passive Income Podcast, uh-huh. right? I, I've always loved Pat from afar. And um, I reached out to him once when the Miracle Morning came out. I'm like, hey, Pat, I'm a huge fan. I'd love to be on your podcast. And he's like, sorry, we're not taking any guests. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then, I don't know, maybe a year or so later, he reached out and he was like, hey, I keep hearing about Miracle morning, miracle morning, miracle morning. You got to do miracle morning. He's like, so I'd love to have you on the show now. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's amazing. And when I got on the show, I think it was before we started recording. It might've been when we were recording, but I think it was before. Um, but anyway, he said, Hal, um, I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm a night owl. 
And he said, I, I get my best work done at night. Mm-hmm. And he said, I wake up in the morning when I, I, my alarm clock is my kiddos. When they come in mm-hmm. and start going, daddy, 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 that's when I, when I wake up. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to convince this guy that has the most heartfelt alarm clock? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. You shouldn't wake up by your children. You should wake up before them and just eliminate that from your life. Yeah, with an annoying sound that startles you yeah. awake. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah. you know, he's one of the most, I mean, he's as successful as he could be. He's running marathons. He's got a great family. He's a great dad. He's making, you know, seven figures. I'm like, yeah. I gotta, how am I going to convince him to do a miracle morning? Right. So I talked to him about what we've talked about today, right? And by the end of the episode, he's like, Hal, you've convinced me that I might be missing out on the next level of productivity by not starting my day with the savers. Mm. He's like, so I'm committing right now to you and my audience. I will do the 30-day challenge. I will document it on like social media. Like, come with me, everybody. Mm. And, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I was like, amazing, right? And uh, you know, now he's in the Miracle Morning movie like as yeah. he is a Miracle Morning practitioner, right? And it changed his life. And I think he said, I forgot the stat, but it was on Instagram one day. He's like, it's increased my productivity by like 300%. Don't quote me, but it's something like that, you know? Yeah. And so that's someone who was full on night owl, had mm-hmm. no reason that he needed to wake up early. And when he did, it actually enhanced his already awesome life. And yeah. Robert Kiyosaki was the same way, yeah. right? You know, worth $100 million, super successful, does the Miracle Morning. He said it transformed his marriage for the better. Mm-hmm. He lost like, I don't know the amount of pounds, but if you look at him pre-Miracle Morning, he is probably 50 pounds heavier. Hmm. And now he looks, he's felt, he looks healthy, you know, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, the thing that we were talking about right before we started, though, was how this is actually starting to get into schools, which I think is awesome because, and I was, I was surprised you said, like, actually the majority of them are actually elementary schools. It's all across the board, but elementary is actually where it's starting. So how did it start? Because mm. you were telling me a story. Yeah. And then what exactly is, is happening in schools with the Miracle Morning? So totally organic. Um, Brianna Greenspan, who is one of my closest friends, uh, she was a coaching client before you were, I think, when, or after, I don't know. But when I, was, when I was first writing, not writing, when I came with the Miracle Morning, mm-hmm. she was one of the first people I taught it to. And she resisted. I'm not a morning person. I'm not. And then she is like the biggest advocate of the Miracle Morning. She started the Miracle Morning Clubhouse room um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and somebody came into that clubhouse room that was a principal, and she said, uh, her name's Anisha Jacko. She said, uh, I'm in New York City. I'm in one of the worst school districts, like poverty, you know, uh, stricken mm-hmm. school district. Um, we had one of the highest attention rates. Somebody gave me the Miracle Morning during the 2020 pandemic. My mental health was, I was struggling. And she said, I started doing it, and it changed my life. And mm-hmm. I, so then I shared it with all of our teachers. I'm like, you guys, we got to do this together. So we did a 30-day challenge. Every, all the teachers were like, this is amazing. How do we roll it out with the kids? Mm. So they started doing a six-minute savers over the loudspeaker every morning. She would lead it. That's and awesome. every student would do a miracle morning to start their day. Mm-hmm. Their detention went from the highest rate in their entire, like in their, I don't know, district, district. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to almost no detention at all. All it's crazy. I mean, I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't. She hadn't shown me the stats, and yeah. I went out and visited her. Like, so she shares this in the clubhouse room, and Brianna's like, "This is amazing." And another woman speaks up. She's like, "Hey, I'm a principal. Hey, can we exchange info? How do we roll this out <laughs> in our school?" And so, totally organic. Yeah. Then over the next like twelve months, Brianna brought the Miracle Morning to over a hundred thousand teachers and students mm. in just New York City. This was last year, mm-hmm. and now it's the number one selling educational product in the largest city in America, or one of the largest cities in America. Yeah. Um, and we're just starting, like the, the state of Rhode Island now is looking at adopting it in their entire state curriculum. Wow. So, and here's the crazy part. I told you this. In 2016, this is a lesson in manifesting, y'all. Yeah, yeah. And I am very skeptical at manifesting, but when this happens, I'm like, I guess it's a coincidence, but <laughs> yeah. I've seen so many of these coincidences, I don't know. Yeah. In 2016, I wrote the 10-year vision for the Miracle Morning, uh-huh. right? And this is 2023, so we're, what, seven years into it. Yeah. And one of the components I wrote is that by 2026, the Miracle Morning is practiced in every school in America. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, what are the benefits of, right? I know the adults that are practicing the Miracle Morning, how it's changing their life. How would that apply to a student? And I thought, well, if students are meditating every day and they're, getting, they're finding peace within themselves and they're reading affirmations that remind them that they are limitless and capable of anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought they could really overcome their limiting beliefs and their self-doubt and the, the insecurities they face and, and the fear, mm-hmm. the things that cause them to bully other kids. I remember I literally wrote down, it could be bringing an end to bullying, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote that down. But I actually left it at that. I didn't 
make a plan to how to get it in schools. Yeah. And then uh, and then Brianna Greenspan um, ends up sharing it on the clubhouse room with you know that principal. And then now it's spread through schools throughout New York City. Over 100,000 teachers and educators and parents have adopted the Miracle Morning, and it's spreading throughout the entire country. And, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And the reports we're getting are, you know, bullying is down, detention is down, mental health is up. And, mm. and, and it's gone beyond the book where now we're creating this entire curriculum where Brianna and her team go into schools, and they teach the stu- teachers and the principals how to roll it out in their school That's with awesome. their students in their classrooms yeah really so cool. well this is i mean i know i have a lot of teachers that listen to me there's hundreds of thousands of people that are going to hear this so is there a way for uh if someone's out there they're a teacher they're a principal is there an email or some way to get in touch with your team then in that way so right now we'll start with email we're in the, we're okay. building a website where schools can you know submit like yeah. a request uh, but support at miraclemorning.com okay uh, and if you're like hey i'm i heard the podcast i i'm a teacher i'm a principal i'm a parent i'm really interested in bringing this to my school We'll, you know, I'll get in touch with Brianna or our team and, and we'll figure that out. Yeah. So thanks for, for yeah, asking. for sure. Yeah. Cause I think it's important if it's, if it's obviously doing that much with the, the hundred thousand kids, imagine if you could get out to the entire United States and there's probably people out there that are listening that have schools are either part of a school, they're a teacher, they're a principal. Maybe there's people that are heads of school districts. And so if they read it, first off, I think the important thing is just buy it for yourself and read it. Yeah. And then if it changes your life, then you're going to go, shit, I should actually bring this to everyone else, which is exactly what happened with that principal. Which yeah. Which I think is important. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to I want to bring up is something that was that was really life changing for me, and it's it's on topic but a little bit off topic. And um, and I remember years ago you used to have bracelets, and yeah. I used to have the bracelets. And uh, and I want you to tell a story just for people because I, I think this is a really good way to wrap up and just have people understand it of where it came from, the whole five minute rule, everything that came along with it. And, uh, cause I think it was a story of you bought a new car, right? Like that's, that's how the whole thing came up in the first place. You had a new car and then some things happened with it. And then your wife, who was, I think it's your girlfriend at the time was like, why are you not more pissed off? So I don't want to give the whole thing away, which is why I'm being very vague in it. Yeah. But can you tell that story and, um, and kind of what you learned from it? Cause I think it's really important for people to listen to and go, oh man, like I can implement this into my day immediately. Yeah. First part, I'm not sure which story you're talking about. The one where you were driving, <laughs> you were driving your car, it was your, your dream car, right? Yeah. And didn't you get into a car accident and your wife was like, I see what you're saying. yeah, you know that one? Yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. Okay. I, I know your stories. Listen, yeah. you've been into a few car accidents. Few, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know how's story, cause this, we didn't talk about it at all. Like you've already been dead before, which yeah. is crazy. You've been in a coma. You've been told you weren't going to walk. You got past all of that. And so that's a whole other thing that we didn't even have time to go yeah. into today. But it was, it was the idea of, of the five minute rule and can't change it. And, and just sharing how people can take that into their day today. So one of the most important lessons I've ever learned. Yeah. It's called the five minute rule. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I also call it the can't change it philosophy. Yeah. Um, and it started when I was in sales. Uh, we learned on our second day of training at Cutco where mm-hmm. we've had our, our history. Uh, yeah. But my manager essentially said sales is a microcosm for life in terms of adversity. Yeah. He said most people face rejection every once in a while. You know, rarely. Mm-hmm. He said you're going to face it like every day, multiple times a day. All the time. And you have to have a tool to deal with rejection, with failure, so on and so forth. He said so when things don't go your way, most people, they dwell on it. They get upset. It ruins their day. It ruins their week. It ruins their month. Or even people are suffering. We're, many of us are suffering over things that happened like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. When we were children, right? Mm-hmm. Like the trauma that we experienced, so on and so forth. And so he said, you need a tool, you need a strategy to move through adversity quickly, Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally, so you can just keep going, right? And he taught us the five-minute rule. And he said, when something goes wrong, and again, this was in the context of, you know, someone canceling their order or not showing up to an appointment or you're not reaching your goal for the week. But I ended up applying this to the biggest, most life-threatening, seemingly insurmountable challenges I ever faced from my car accident to cancer and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And I use it in traffic. Every and day. you've had cancer too. God, you've had so much shit you've gone through in your whole <laughs> life. You've, you've died. You've fit in a coma. You've had cancer. So, so, times, yeah. so almost died a few times. So this is important. Like as, as you're going into it. Yeah. So you have been dead for six minutes, six minutes, right? So you're dead for six minutes. You were in a coma. You, a few years ago, I completely forgot you had cancer, overcame cancer. And it's a very rare form of cancer that not a lot of people live from, right? It's like, I was given a 20 to 30% chance of yeah, surviving. Yeah. Super low. And so you can, if, if somebody can, can do it and like their boss is an asshole and something happens, they can use this in their life. Yeah. You use this for like the biggest events that happen. Yeah. And so I just want to bring that in for people to understand, like you actually truly live this way. Yeah. This is whether you are using this to deal with traffic and not letting it bother you. Basically yeah. it's how to not 
let anything outside of you affect your internal state. That's right. what this is, okay, right? Perfect. And 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 you can apply it. And I I, I kind of feel like God has put me through these life-threatening experiences <laughs> just to, to challenge like, you to make so sure that most people can be like okay yeah all right if he was hit by a drunk driver found dead at the scene told he would never walk again broke 11 bones and this work to not let that bother him yeah yeah and then had cancer and, and then had cancer did and did it thing. again yeah. and like okay i don't really uh, i don't have anything going on that's too much worse than right. that right so um so the five minute rule again taught in training and he yeah. said when something goes wrong you set your timer for five minutes on your phone and you give yourself five minutes to fully experience the emotions that are coming up for you if you're angry if you're sad if you're frustrated if you're if you feel hate whatever it is you give yourself five minutes to fully express and feel those emotions don't suppress them which is what some of us will do right sure. so we either dwell on them indefinitely or we suppress them and then they come out sideways later either as cancer or yelling at our spouse or or we get depressed or whatever and it's because all the, it all pent up mm-hmm. so five minutes and you feel your emotions and when i first learned that i was like five minutes isn't long enough like i need yeah. longer right yeah and so he said after the five minutes go off you say three really powerful words and that's what that wristband that you mentioned mm-hmm. used to say can't change it can't change it it's an acknowledgement okay i can't change what happened five minutes ago so right now I have a choice. I can continue to dwell on it and be upset about it. It doesn't change anything. It just messes up my mental and emotional state. Mm-hmm. Or I can accept life exactly as it is. I can go, okay, can't change it. It happened. I'm going to accept it. I might not be happy about it, but I'm going to be at peace with it because what other choice do I have? Right. And so the other, it's either I'm upset, I continue that, or I'm at, I accept it and I can just move on. Mm-hmm. And so... When I first learned it, I'm like, five minutes isn't long enough. And the first time I remember this lady, like, didn't show up to her appointment. And I was like, I set my timer for five minutes. I'm, I'm bitching and moaning and stewing. I'm like, I can't believe she didn't show up. I drove, like, 40 minutes to get here. Mm-hmm. I needed that appointment. And timer goes off. I'm like, dude, I'm still pissed. Yeah. Like, right? So I was like, justified. I'm like, see, five minutes isn't long enough. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing that happened. After I did it for probably, it was only like a week, which was multiple times a day, mm-hmm. right? Five-minute rule, five-minute rule, five-minute rule. And I got... I was able to accept it faster and faster and faster. And mm. I literally remember it was about a week or two after I started practicing the five minute rule and this woman canceled her order and it was the biggest order I'd ever gotten. It, it was the last day before orders were due. So I had no chance to make it up. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to not only reach my goal, but become number one in the office. So I was like celebrating that day. I called my parents. I'm like, mom, dad, I was only 19. I'm like, I just reached my goal. I, I'm the number one rep in the office. They're going to acknowledge me on, on Wednesday at the team meeting. I went to win like a trophy. Like, it's, you know, I was so excited. And she calls that night at 9 p.m. She's like, I'm so sorry. My husband came home. He was mad. I have to cancel the order. Oh my God. I'm like devastated. And I set the timer for five minutes. At that point, it was like second nature. Mm -hmm. Whenever I felt emotional turmoil, I would set the timer. And I remember I was like, I can't believe she canceled it. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not going to get recognized. I'm not, you know, and I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. Like, what am I going to do? I'm like, the only thing I can do is I can just, you know, accept it and get on. Because I'd already practiced accepting Mm -hmm. what I couldn't change. Mm -hmm. So I literally, I'm not joking. I can remember it. I'm like, what else can I do? I have to accept it and move on. And I pick up my phone and look at the timer and there's four minutes and 32 seconds left. (laughs) So 28 seconds. And I'm like, what's the point of me continuing to dwell on something that I can't change? And and this is an important distinction. I realize that every painful emotion we experience is self-created and perpetuated by our resistance to reality. It's wishing Mm -hmm. that thing didn't happen five minutes ago and the degree that we resist it and wish it didn't happen and say it's unfair and we didn't deserve it all that's not changing it it's just causing and perpetuating and fostering that emotional turmoil and so i went what's the point in in being upset for the next four and a half minutes when i could just accept it go relax and get on the phone tomorrow for sure and in that moment i realized oh not only is five minutes enough time i'm not going to ever waste five minutes again being upset and i remember the distinction i'm like I'm going to do the five second rule. Mm. Give me five seconds to be like, mother, never, right? <laughs> you know, and then be like, well, I can't change it. I'm yeah. moving on. <laughs> yeah. and, and so a year and a half later, I woke up from a coma and I was told I'm never going to walk again. Yeah. And I'll be honest, it didn't take five minutes. It took like a few days of like yeah. processing this. That one takes time. But it took time, right? Like, but to be fair, literally a few days and the doctor started saying, they brought my parents in. They're like, we think Hal's in denial. He's like really happy. Yeah. And he seems jovial. Like everything's okay. We believe that he can't handle his new reality. Mm. And so my parents approached me and they're like, the doctors think you can't handle it. And they said, you need to face the emotions. I'm like, no, I can't change that I was in a car accident. And I said, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, guys, I've decided, not guys, mom and dad. I said, 
I've decided I'm going to be the happiest, most grateful person you've ever seen in a wheelchair because mm. I can't change that I'm in a wheelchair, but I can choose my inner experience. It's amazing. And I only have one life and I'm going to enjoy every moment. And the day I was diagnosed with cancer and given a 20% chance of surviving, it was like, I, there wasn't even, I didn't even need five minutes, mm. you know? And there were for sure times I cried, you know, over the next few, over the next year thinking about what if I die and my, I'm not here for my kids. Like, for sure. Like, it's not about like, oh, just everything's fine. Right. Right. Feel the, but here, here's what it is. Let me, oh, this is wrapping up, tying a bow on this mm-hmm. lesson. It's about being able to choose the emotional state that best serves you mm. at any given moment, no matter what's happening. And sometimes it is grieving. Sometimes it is feeling the fear. So you can actually imagine what do I need to do to prevent the thing that could happen that could cause that fear becoming a reality. Right. So for me, being afraid of dying and leaving my kids without a dad that got me to do three coffee enemas a week and take 70 supplements and do lymphatic massage and ozone sauna and organic vegan raw diet. Like, dude, I went all in on every holistic practice known to man. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm still alive, I believe. Not because I did chemo, but because I did everything that the doctors didn't tell me to do. Yeah. That would support my liver and my immune system and detoxify me and, you know, and, and my mental health. My miracle morning every morning was focused on beating cancer mm. for like three years. Yeah. Right. And I'm here, you know, to, to talk about it. So, well, I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Brother. Yeah. So, so good, man. And uh, for those of you guys that haven't gotten it yet, uh, I think you and I want to go get it. Go to Get the Miracle Morning, and it is out now. This is the brand new edition. Went from 150 pages to f- uh, to 250 pages. 220. 220. So, <laughs> sorry. One, 150 to 220. So, there's 70 extra pages in here. And uh, also, what, 15 years of extra wisdom that's put into here as well. Every page, yeah. Every single page expanded. And uh, we'll just say... Made better with uh, 15 years of extra wisdom. So, Hal, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for being here. Love you too, man. Thank you, Rob. And uh, everybody, go out and buy the book. We'll see you on the next episode. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.